0: Welcome to Shopware Unplugged,
1: episode 7. My name is Boris Kraba, CEO of Ergonaut and Strix. Strix is an agency, an enterprise partner of Shopware. My name is Thomas.
0: I'm owner of Shopware e-commerce, enterprise partner in the Netherlands.
1: Hi everybody. Today we have a special guest. I think we can start, Justin, with uh, maybe telling us a few words about your story and uh, introducing yourself, who you are, um, what's your relation, and what uh, what you have to do um,
2: with Shopware. Hi, uh, my name is Justin Biddle, uh, and I'm the UK strategy and business development guy for for Shopware, and I'm the actually the only guy with boots on the ground in the UK, in fact. Well, we have a, a four-man uk team i'm the only one who's actually based in the uk i've been working with shopware uh, since about october last year but i came across them a, a couple of years ago uh i think uh, when uh, an old client of mine was doing a vendor selection uh process and i've and i first actually came across them really at the uh shopware community day last year uh and i was blown away <laughs> by the community and the and the size of the community. And from then on, actually, it's been a pleasure to get more and more involved. And from the, uh, January this year, I've been full-time looking at how we can develop the UK market into something approaching uh, the stature of that of Germany. Sure, uh, I don't know if you remember, but we've met like also a few years
1: ago at one of the Magento events. So if you could maybe say a few words uh because you're in uh, in the UK in the e-commerce business for quite a long long time
2: i have been i think uh i think boris it was in vegas and wasn't it and i think what's, what 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 uh, happens in vegas stays in vegas right
1: yes yes <laughs> yes i think it was
2: vegas exactly yeah i i've been in e-commerce actually for quite some time i was in fact i used to be when i originally left university i was a soldier and i left when i left the army uh, i went um I went into the city for a while, and, and that didn't work out for me. Uh, and I, and then then the dot com boom was happening, and I set up a, a company called Day Trader, and I sold that just before the dot com crash, and got into e commerce then, but it wasn't e commerce the way we know it now. It was interactive TV e commerce. So we were putting retailers on effectively the red button services of you know of video on demand TV platforms. Um, so I did that for quite a few years, working both for the platforms and for the content guys as well. And for the actually for the uplink and broadcasters and post-production guys as well. And then I went and did an MBA. And then I went up and set, a, set up a consultancy. And that eventually morphed into a Magento e-commerce agency. Um, we set up Magento, uh, you know, a Magento agency based on the premise that open source, Sort of mid-market open source software could yeah. uh offer them that it it was open it was not a proprietary network um it meant that in 2009 we could walk into some pretty big offices uh, offices me and my business partner a- and say you know what guys we're the low risk option here because if if these proprietary networks go bust good luck with your business but mm-hmm. you know Take this to the next agency, or the next agency, and they can all work on this because it's it's all completely open source. So I ran that um, agency. It's called Flint Technology in the UK. We used to build uh, uh, sort of obviously a, a retailer uh, front end builds, uh, but we specialised in integrations so and we built integration plugins to things like Bright Pearl, uh, VeriFone payment gateways, uh, Shuttle, uh, the filter a whole bunch of of erp platforms as well like um prima and chaos control and mnp Mm -hmm. um and i sold that agency in uh, must have been the end of 2016 Mm -hmm. um kind of just as the (laughs) the magento one to magento two sort of storm was really beginning to get a bit rough i think um and we were in a situation where in order to Uh, get ready for Magento 2 we were going to have to spend an an awful lot of money to retool our our code uh, our development and and deployment infrastructure uh, update all our IP retrain our guys and because of the way that Magento was moving up market actually get about double the size to be able to deal with the sorts of customers that were coming across to Magento so we sold out to a company called Williams Commerce who, isn't, who is in fact also a Shopware partner, although um, not particularly active at the moment. And, and you know, then at that stage, I, I started doing some consulting work and then gradually got involved with Shopware. All right. It's yeah, a very long way of, of probably telling quite a short story.
0: <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. It gives us a good insight yes. in your background and your experience, so uh, mm, that's yeah. good. And um, so if if you now look at the current UK market, because I think also for the internationals, it's interesting to to get a, a a glimpse of what is happening on the uk market uh if we zoom into the e-commerce market and uh it would and in general yeah and also in general but later on if you can zoom into uh positioning shopware
2: well i think i mean in general obviously um we're seeing a kind of a slight changing of the guard and, and i'm going to talk about mid-market e-commerce because i think there are so many different there are, there are three for me three main segments in e-commerce there's the sort of you know starter e-commerce which is you know startup businesses and small businesses and that's you know fantastic there's enterprise e-commerce you know which starts you know with bill costs in the millions but we're really talking about mid-market e-commerce we're seeing two main things in mid-market e-commerce we're seeing a changing of the guard slightly obviously with Magento one end of life Magento and Magento moving up market from being in such a dominant position in mid-market e-commerce in the UK to to being a, a still a very good option for certain types of customers but actually at the, at the higher end of mid-market rather than at the heart of mid-market yeah um, I think we're also we have over certainly over the last uh, couple of years seen the rise of Shopify with Shopify Plus into the mid-market and of course We've seen uh, um, the rise of what actually in the UK market is our bet noir, which is big commerce, yeah. um, and they are they're doing extremely well. They've they've got a very good product. It's right for an awful lot of customers, um, and uh, you know that you know that is, I think, uh, um, represents obviously the market's adoption or you know swing. I would say swing back. To software as a service as perhaps the, the real driving force you know the, the, the popular force at the moment i think when actually ironically when we were when um Magento was just taking off one of the big mid-market platforms in the uk was a software software as a service platform called vendor which is what all the, the hip online brands were on all right it, the, the the pendulum swung if you like towards uh towards magento and open source um and now it's kind of it's maybe swung back towards uh uh, software as a service again yeah i think that shows kind of um and i always look at this in terms of a trade-off if you like between these two types of platform Uh, i think that on the one hand you are you've got a trade-off between simplicity on the one hand represented almost always by software as a service, and flexibility, on the other hand, represented quite more often by the open source platforms. And you can't have both. I mean, you can try, you can pretend, you really can't have both. Um, the The issue, obviously, with flexibility is that where you get have flexibility, you inevitably have com- complexity as well. And, I always like to say that complexity has an ugly sister, and that is performance issues. Yes. Um, and uh, I think that um, you know, obviously, you know, we see obviously Magento at the very, you know, at one end of the flexibility trade-off, and the complexity and the, um, you know, the the some of the the sort of historic performance issues are all part of parcel of being that end of the trade-off. Mm-hmm. And do you think there is a difference between the UK
1: and the other parts of the Europe? Uh, I mean, as uh, if you look at the speed of adoption or the, um, you know, the, the level of understanding of the benefits of um, of cloud solutions versus, uh, uh, versus uh, on-premise, uh, or, or you think
2: it's the same everywhere? How do, how do you I, compare I th- UK to the rest of the Europe? I think they're very different. I mean, I think each market has its own hallmarks. I mean, I'd, I'd love to hear what you guys' opinion is. Um, I mean, even, of course, from the shopware point of view, um, it's extremely different, but that may be a a product of, uh, you know, of of actually shopware being originally a German or DACH region product, um, which, of course, now has moved, you know, is is making great headway in in Benelux, Benelux. But, you know, that may be part of it. But I think that even when you look at the sorts of, features and functions that different um, uh, that different uh, sort of uh, territories need and the different technology partners that they tend to adopt that uh, that this this illustrates the difference between these markets you know big commerce and Shopify have not made the same strides in Germany for instance as they have in the UK and obviously there are different Platforms that are that are doing well in different in, in different in loc in different locations, but you know, for me, each you know, it's, there there are great differences between territories. Not not that each territory is different, but there you know there are marked differences between territories. Um, and yes, I think I, I think there's also different levels of of sophistication in in the different markets as well. I mean, the UK market is. A very sophisticated e-commerce market.
0: And where would you put Shopware in uh, in, in in that perspective? H- how do you mean?
2: Well, if you uh, on uh, the on the flexibility to uh, flexibility. Yeah, and also in the
0: market segment. So, um, so uh, do do you? If you are into a pitch, do, are you being compared with Magento 2 or Big Commerce, or
2: uh... in terms of where we where we position ourselves? Yeah, yeah, as Shopware. Okay. I have a very simple answer, which I probably roll out far too often. I think that shopware positions itself absolutely slap bang where Magento 1 used to be. And I think and I really think that it's a a part of the market that has been abandoned by not not abandoned, but, that Magento is less interested in than it was.
1: Yeah. And, where um, it and
2: therefore, but it's also agencies, because remember that this is yeah. the, the interesting thing I think about uh, the difference between a software as a service uh, company and an open source company, is that the, uh, if you are running an open source platform, then your customer is in fact as much your agency as it is the merchant or retailer at the end. And that it's the agency you need to make successful. Um, that you need to deliver them leads, you need to help them convert those leads and you need to help them have uh, run efficient and successful projects. But if you are a software as a service platform, the, the pendulum swings much more to the merchant being your customer rather than the agency. And yeah. especially when it comes to things like, obviously things like support, you, you talk first, not to the agency, but to the platform saying, why the hell is my site down? Or why isn't it going faster, you, know, you know, that fast. So I think actually that's, you know, that, that, that's, a, that's a fairly fundamental difference yeah. um, between these these t- types of, you know, the, the, the way these businesses run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good insight. Thank you.
1: Yeah, and how do you see um, new shopper six? Uh, I mean, especially looking at the approach to um, architecture, looking uh, looking on the you know technology stack. Um, how, how how is it uh, you know compared on how is uh, what what's the reaction of the UK market um, you know to this to this product?
2: The reaction is when they when they look at it is good. Is that the, the the problem we have in the UK at the moment? is that we don't have the awareness that the other platforms I've mentioned have in the UK yet. And that's one of the reasons why I'm I'm working with Shopware to try and to try and change that, why okay. we've got a whole lot of stuff in place to change that. I think, you know, obviously that the 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 choices that they have made in terms of technology are all around standardization, mm-hmm. um, which which hopefully gives a little helps to to us to a little bit more simplicity to the flexibility, if you like. So the choice of symphony and you know unadulterated full stack symphony, not a customised framework, uh, is an important one. Uh, the choice uh, of UJS is an important one. Uh, the choice of Twig is important one. And I think these are being these are you know once 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 developers look at this uh, this platform, they're normally uh, impressed both by the architecture and by the code quality. Yeah, very and much. That right. is not to say. That is not to say that Shopware Six is the finished article. It, it, you know, it's it's get it's actually beginning to be the finished article, but there are specific developments, both local and in general, that have to happen, and both to the product itself, which there are still. You know, we we're, we're still it's still being perfected and you know i think in the next couple of months you're going to see some real strides forward yeah. and in the technology and partner ecosystem that sits around it which is you know massively important um so you know it's everything's been very encouraging so far you know but um you know there's more work to be done we know there's more work to be done and in fact one of the things we're putting in place is is um, methodologies to help the community Communicate to us efficiently what is needed, what makes the difference, and where necessary, communicate back to the community what what they can how they can contribute uh, in both a useful uh, and a potentially profitable way for them as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, looking at uh, Shopware's pricing model, and uh, because we from the Netherlands and I think even more from Poland, uh, if if you look at an average project price or or also an uh, hour, hourly rate for, uh, let's say, uh, a developer. There are, mm-hmm. let's say, uh, UK market is in most cases priced uh, much higher. Logically, uh, any project would be quoted higher as well. And 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 how do, how does the where pricing level uh, compares itself to the market? Because they're used to maybe Magento two licensing, Salesforce licensing, maybe commerce tools is, is shopper maybe found too cheap for the market that that the boardroom doesn't say it's so cheap it must it can be good um
2: that that, that is um I, i'm not gonna uh, i'm not going to pretend that uh that i don't think that some of our editions should be priced higher <laughs> i think they should. that's that's a I fair think, answer i think Thank our, you. i think our professional edition is outrageously cheap and and I if, agree. Uh, agree. <laughs> and if I had the uh, uh, the power, I would double its, in fact, probably quadruple its price overnight. I think there's two parts to this actually. And actually, the reason why I've ended uh, ended up working with shopware and and got ever closer to shopware is because, as I mentioned about a year and a half ago, I was doing a vendor selection project, looking for one of my old Magento customers who I'd built the infrastructure for, and the the what was a 50 grand bill three years ago, four years ago, uh, was now uh, ending up as a year one cost in the two hundred over 200k. So you know, people were pitched, wouldn't pitch me. You know, tier two Magento partners wouldn't pitch me open source. They they wouldn't they couldn't offer this for less than 100 to 200, 130 to 1,000 pound, uh, yeah, pounds, pounds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. So got to work out which currency we're in. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh 150 you know 130 to one hundred and fifty thousand pounds and then of course you had licensing costs uh, uh on top of that yeah so no, it's not only that actually that the, the the additions that themselves are i think are very reasonably priced yeah. uh and you may say probably too cheaply priced especially when you compare it with it's perception that's perception
1: yeah
2: absolutely there is but but actually when it comes down to it there are some real total cost of ownership advantages for adopting Shopware, um, for that, especially for that sort of certain segments of the mid market. And there are some real feature advantages that you have with uh, Shopware over, especially over Magento Open Source Edition, that that again you get for actually a lower cost of of ownership, which I think is quite interesting. I've actually put I don't know if you guys have seen it, and I'm happy to make it available to anyone who wants it. Um, I put together a, a sort of total cost of ownership model for um, um, that compares Magento with Shopware, with Big Commerce, with Salesforce, and um, oh, with Shopify Plus. Yeah. And it looks at different uh, uh, GMV levels, so you know different size of business, and it, you know it shows you know how that it stacks up over four to five years. So obviously, for some platforms. Uh, at some levels of transaction, because you know some of these, you know, big commerce, for instance, has a, a you know a fee structure that's based on transaction bands. Uh, so obviously that penalises people who have low average order values and high transactions against high average order values and low transactions. So it, it it helps to give you an idea of where we sit. And the interesting thing is is that in most cases, uh, well, all cases really, we sit significantly. Uh, lower total cost of ownership than magento uh, much lower than salesforce but i don't think it's necessarily a, a, a fair comparison because I, I think salesforce there's only parts of our market that that salesforce is interested in competing against we're roughly equitable to big commerce strangely enough yeah, enough. yeah. Uh, and it depends on the nature of the retailer as to whether we're uh, more cheaper or more expensive than shopify yeah uh, for the smaller customers that uh, we are a little more expensive but for the large customers, not so much.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen this comparison. It's really very well done. So we'll, uh, yeah, we, yeah, we we can try to put the link um, under under the podcast, or if anybody would like to get it, whatever you can hit Justin, you can hit us to to get it. I have a comment because I I think you know that uh, that was a big challenge of Shopware that a lot of at least customers in Germany. They have been using Shopware as a kind of cloud or SaaS solution, so they were only doing uh, plugins, some small customizations. So you know an average implementation sometimes was like uh, you know 20 working hours. Which for mm. most of the agencies coming from Magento world, we're like yeah, what's 20 hours? Yes, this is the time when you mm. set up the environment, not finish the yeah. project. <laughs> so the, then, of course, if you do if you do 20 hours customization or you know that kind of short projects, then um, this pricing of Shopware is really uh, really fits into this model. But if you look at much bigger, um, more complex um, uh, projects, as you said, like 100k or something. Then you know the the price of a license that costs 1k is like uh, oh there is something wrong here yeah that uh, why is it why is it why is it so expensive so I think that the cloud is going to solve it so all those small guys should should move to cloud and uh, all the others who will stay probably the licensing will will change that's only my prediction so we haven't heard it from Stefan or from anyone else it's just uh, it's it's just the uh, the prediction but it, in in the case of bigger agencies like we are, it would solve a lot of um, a lot of uh, uh, kind of you know weird discussion with the customer. Yeah, when you come to the license and uh, yeah, first we show low license, then uh, we look suddenly so expensive or otherwise it looks like weird. So uh, are you going to rebuild this platform? Uh, so if it's so cheap and then you have so much work to to do with it, so I think it's a. Uh, it's, as you mentioned, Shopper has a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of evolution in front of it, so I think it's uh, it's one of the uh, it's one of the uh, the things to to do. But yeah, I think customers are having so many problems to justify and understand what are the differences between the platforms, what they can expect. So the work you've done with uh, with comparing it, I think it's very you know it's very valuable uh, yeah. for agencies for end uh, customers just to show them and, and help them better understand uh, the differences and also understand the focus the of ownership so it's really great
2: great job very impressive well we hope we hope by, by making this available to consultants and to agencies that we can help them place them their customers on the right platform for those customers that's the important thing here um, you know in that most of the agencies that are a partner agencies you know support more than one platform. And I think if, you know, where possible they should, um, because that enables them to offer the right solution to their customers. And and this is what we're trying to do. And because we know that if that customer is put on the right solution for them, and those expect the expectations of that customer are properly managed as part of that project, that that project has a much greater uh, chance of being successful and that means a long term relationship with the merchant with our with our partner agency and it means that a long term relationship with with shopware as well and you know, obviously shopware makes makes some money on uh, sort of on the on the module side on the extension side as well as um with uh, revenue share agreements with some of the payment gateways as well so uh, you know it's you know we're we 're well incentivized to make sure that, that that we get the right sort of customers on this platform
0: yeah yeah and, and looking at the, um, the the number of agencies uh, working with shopware in the uk market do you see some significant rise in those numbers uh do you yeah, get I mean, do, do yeah, you get more invited to come and talk and have a cup of coffee and tell your story or say the shopware
2: story absolutely i mean um, mind you if it wasn't going up then you know i would be for the high job <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> we're bringing on new partners all the time both uh, agency partners and consultant partners. We have an ambassador program, which, you know, again, it's about um, giving uh, consultants the information that they, they need to go out and advise their customers and the retailers that they have or merchants they have the ear of best. So we have that, uh, we have both uh, an agency partnership uh, program, a technology group partnership program, and a consultant partnership program as well, uh, which, you know, I hope, I hope is helping uh sort of to do that it's getting it, it's we're, you know we're bringing on new partners um we're certainly raising the awareness at the moment we are beginning you know and, and that awareness comes in with 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 leads you know you could, that's pretty much how you how you manage it in it's cases of course. course yeah yeah exactly yeah. Uh, and it's beginning beginning to come but you know i i the other issue we have of course is that you know we quite apart from all this um turmoil uh that's going on in the world at the moment you know, when you t- you bring in a new platform, you you know, it takes some time to bed it in. Uh, and it takes um, some time for us to win the trust of our agency partners in telling them, you know, when it's, it's the right time to sell to that particular types of customer. And what we found so far is that, you know, Shopware 6 has been ready for very large organizations and very small organizations. Um, the very large ones because, uh, they're quite happy to build anything that isn't there the way they want it anyway and they want it the way they wanted it anyway so you, you know what i mean they were it would have been more natural for them to build little bits of functionality anyway and the very small ones because actually they don't necessarily use the full features of the platform yet uh, and so they're quite happy to take um you know a a, a new a, a growing evolving platform rather than you know one that's uh yeah, that's a little a little bit more mature and it's only now that we're actually fine fine tuning i think the functionality that you need to manage catalogs to manage promotions to manage customers to manage orders properly um and that's when the sort of you know the rump the, the heartland of, of of the Shopware customer um will you know will start you know that's when we can actually tell our agencies that you know now's the time to, that you, you can start to you can be successful in delivering those types of projects how how
1: have you seen the reaction of uh, of the you know like UK market agencies the customer after uh, the, all the announcement with uh, cloud? Um, <laughs> what's, cloud what's cloud the,
2: what, what's the reaction well it's it's been interesting it'd be really interesting that because for us to be sort of the open source you know champions the, the mainland Europe your open source champions and suddenly, to release a cloud uh, version, you know, uh, software as a service version, for some agencies, this is fantastic. This is a way to attract uh, a, a newer, a, a new customer at an earlier stage in their development. Fantastic. For others, this is yeah, it could be seen as a threat slightly. In that, this is um, you know one of the problems for agencies, I think, adopting software as a service platforms is that those software as a sap- software as a service platforms eat quite a lot of their lunch they take away the money they make on uh, on support and yep. quite a lot of the money they make on hosting uh, and and they limit the money they can make on development as well patching updating um, yeah we, hey, we had what, the discussion well, let's not our first podcast i think yeah let's let's not talk about the nasty things about <laughs> both the and updates yeah evolving uh, the evolving of of, of platforms uh, you know, you you know, if you're on Shopify Plus, you, you're fairly limited what you can do anyway. So, um, what you're tending to see is those type of agencies become less technical, and they tend to focus much more on digital marketing, uh, on cross-selling digital marketing. Whereas, yeah. and more on uh, more on front end, yeah, and front end. Whereas the traditional sort of open source agency starts to think about, okay, what other technologies can I bring to bear here? Uh, how do I build this ecosystem? How can I make sure uh, that the the, that the process of e-commerce is done more efficiently. So they look, tend to look much more about operations uh, and additional technology, as well as how can I customize and refine this particular experience for this type of customer or this type of vertical. Mm-hmm. And do you think that Shockware will
1: manage to, on one side, you know, be a solution as a cloud solution for the smaller one? Mm-hmm. And on the other side, you know, sell uh, an enterprise license for large and big, um, big companies. Because it, as you look at the, you know, announcement of um, of the customers, especially, of course, in Germany right now, or using shopware, those are the top brands, you know, the leaders of the of the market. Where on the other hand, you, you hear about, you know, some cloud solution that is going to cost some pocket money uh, on that side. And everything is under one brand. Uh, targeting completely to different segments completely to different um, different you know customers
2: I, I think you're right and it, it's going certainly going to be a challenging thing to manage at, at that end but I think actually there's a there's a really interesting difference between uh, what shopware is doing uh, and what other companies are doing and it's this is that at the moment uh, when you make a cho- when you're a retailer and you make a choice about how how where do i want to be on that flexibility versus simplicity trade off you make your choice and you burn your bridge you're in you, you know once you've gone on to shopify there's only one way there's only one way to to get flexible again and that's to get onto something else Yeah. and once you got on when you, once you've got on magento there's only one way to make your life simple again and that's to get off the platform and get onto something else um, you make a choice and burn your bridges i it's a kind of you know it's a it's a very it's a decision you have to make and you, you're always making this decision is do i make the choice about what i do now or do i you know make a choice about what might happen in the future and i think what shopware have done they've done a very essential thing and this is the this is the, the key thing they have made it seamless to move from the sas version to the on-prem version and slightly in a slightly more limited way from the on-prem version to the SaaS version of course you know if you've got huge great customizations on your on-prem version you, you it yeah. doesn't go straight across of course, of course yeah uh, you, uh, that, that, that 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 is the limitation yeah um but this may basically means that a dis, that a company can say i'm going to make this decision because it's right for me now and right for the 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 environment the the the, okay. the market that i see before me knowing what knowing that if that 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 situation changes, uh, or that you know, if they made a wrong assumption, that they they haven't burnt their bridges, that they don't have to completely replatform, and that they can just move to a different type of uh, of addition. Yeah. And I think
0: that's really powerful. Let me try to ask this question in my best English, <laughs> um, because what you're saying is that uh, let's say we have Shopware cloud. Uh, two three years from now we, we will see a lot of let's say apps and additions to the cloud platform and if I'm correct all these apps need to be built on the available API's to connect with the platform because correct. on the on the on-premise uh, solution people actually extend core code or template code and so it might be a good decision for plug builders or uh, extension builders to start working on the apis already because they will also be more flexible in the future to connect to the uh, cloud platform
2: is that what you're telling me well i think that yes they're going to have to think about I- if they want to start engaging with the cloud audience they're going to have to think about how they do that in a in a compliant manner you know because yeah. so they yes you're right they are if they want to actually have extensions that can sit across both those editions they're going to have to. So in some cases, rethink how they architect their extensions. Yeah.
1: All right. Yeah. And what what about the second big thing, which is PWA headless and, you know, um, this this top, top new technologies uh, where I think uh, if you look at Magento, Magento is talking about, uh, you know, PWA studio and it's still... There, but not not working. So Shopware, Shopware made, a, I, I believe, a very very good move with uh, with jumping uh, in the front of the peloton with uh, with headless solution. So, any what 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 do you see? What kind of reaction do you see from the customers and agencies uh, about PWA?
2: Well, it's um, it's very much the agencies at the moment who are who have realised what how how this can can help their customer and are now beginning to to, to put together. Um, effectively, the business cases that make sense to their to their customers for what is a slightly more expensive build. However, you look at it, it's going to be a you know uh, certainly in the early days a more expensive build. Um, I think that yeah, I think um, Shopware uh, made a good move in uh, in really uh, moving quickly uh, behind uh, the Vue storefront project, and I think that's really. Um, shown some good progress Um, you know we're all you know one of the the sort of the sort of sorts of agencies that we're talking to in terms of partnership at the moment are quite often the ones that are trying to do headless magento as well so what this project also does very well is is establish shopware 6's headless credentials and i think you know that you know that's really helping the conversations with agencies yeah i yes we get the odd retailer that suddenly says you know suddenly r- that really understands the value of pwa and and the opportunity that headless infrastructures uh, you know and architectures can deliver them but you know that's that's early days and i, and I think the important thing is that the agencies the agencies now are beginning to are beginning to understand the benefits uh, and understand that if you know if they can you know, sometimes you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make them drink. But if you you lead the horse to that water and they drink, they will have a benefit.
1: That's
2: <laughs> becoming clear. So you know, I, you know, it's all part of having you know, like a modern architecture. I think that and and it, this helps demonstrate, you know, that Shopware Six is a modern architecture designed around API first, that that can sort of give that 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 real that that real flexibility um, that you know m- you know move away from effectively the sort of the monolithic architectures of the past that and and all the problems that that, that that sat around those um so in terms of of flexibility in terms of you know of being able to evolve with uh you know changing say front-end technologies as they are changing every five years as far yeah. well as i can see this this puts yeah. us in a in a very good position
1: yeah uh it's a good it's a good it's a good explanation with the horses we've been saying that it uh headless and p w a is like teenager sex so everybody's talking about it but no one ever done anything about it so it's more like you know discussing when you yeah i know how to do it you know this is how you should approach it and so on but to be honest everybody's like shit like how you how you start with it how you how you do with it so it's a very very early stage I think everywhere Uh, and and all agencies customers are trying to understand and see you know the the benefits but once we'll have like a first projects uh, that on the other side are going to win if you look at performance if you look at the Google positioning and so on uh, then we'll immediately have like okay yeah we we also need it it's uh, it's it's an absolute absolute um, absolute uh, must
2: when the when the data is there that says um, on average, sites with p with the, uh, the, you know, or uh, retailers that use p w a infrastructure are getting x higher conversion rates then you can guarantee that every single retailer will yeah. be on a pile in, on, on that bandwagon. and of course, the cost of implementing it will come massively down yeah' uh, think, because you know, we're, we're, uh, last, a dominant architecture.
0: i think I think it was Patrick, Patrick Friday who uh, said in our last uh, podcast that it was you could at some point we could compare it to the let's say three four five years ago where we were all thinking of going responsive and doing responsive web design and even our agency at that time said well we'll see let's just do this one now on uh, just desktop but if you see how fast it went that everybody just yeah, we had to go responsive. And I think some something similar could happen with PWA, of course. So we have to be very, um, it's called alert uh, as an agency. We're approaching,
2: we're approaching the tipping point.
0: Yeah, yeah, I uh, I agree, yeah. All right. Mm. do you have some, uh, some favorite cool. cases on the UK market, which you are proud of?
2: <laughs> I think um, uh, there's a, a furniture business in Ireland called Cases that we're very proud of, and that was one of the really early Shopware 6 uh projects that that was done by um studio 49 in ireland and they were extremely brave they 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 started developing it even after before the platform had been formally released and i think that's put them in a really good position as to to really understanding how to you know how how to get you know how to how to do shopware six projects efficiently like all these things you know they're you know the you know the first project as you as you build your your suite of uh, of of tools and IP that that help you you know do, you know deliver great projects, you know the first couple will always be a bit painful and when you're that early that must have been I think that was quite painful, but I think they <laughs> did a great job. They stuck at it. I think we we like to think we gave them we we helped them out as much as we possibly could, and I think that's that's actually another of the important sides um, you know aspects to actually working with shopper, I think is that. Uh, I think we can. Genu- I-, I think it would be hard to, for any other platforms to argue that 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 me- that they give better agency and and retailer support uh, in bills. And you know, I think that's a it's a it's a key part of the shop we're offering uh, that actually. You know, I hate to say go down the magenta, but you know that actually. You know you can get support from the platform Oh yeah that's true yeah, it,
0: it, it, I, um, I can say it from my yeah. perspective it is like that uh, we've been a magento agency for years but we never got to the enterprise yeah. level in the dutch market so we got nothing
2: no leads no support no well we were a senior full yeah. senior partner a fairly senior partner in the uk and we certainly got no support um we, we got leads occasionally but we you know certainly got no real support and i think that the the irony of course is that that you know what's is so still so strong and and of course at shopware that we envy so much so strong about magento is the magento community and that community came together because (laughs) they got so little support from Magento because the platform was so poorly documented in the early days that actually there's the only way we could actually deliver projects efficiently and the irony is it's a very it's,
1: risky uh, statement. It's a very risky statement. shopper can come to the conclusion, oh, so let's not support them, they will build a great community. Then, <laughs>
2: um, that is uh, that is not what the plan is, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it's a horrible irony, isn't it? That that's that's the way it came to, uh, you know, that, that's the way that the great community, the still great community around Magento, yeah. um you know came about and became you know became so strong became so well integrated yeah. uh, uh and you know we we envy that we've got to you know we're looking of course when we look at the UK we looked at the way that magento did things in you know in 2010 uh especially 2010 to sort of 14 and you know we we want to adopt some of those tactics the way they managed to get into grassroots um and engage with with uh, agencies you know on a local and grassroots level was 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 inspiring i think yeah all right sure we're keeping our finger crossed for you
1: know good legend of shopware that is going to go around the uk <laughs> about you know the performance the quality the features and, uh, and successful customers because that's that, that's the clue the legend is going to yeah. attract more customers more agencies and uh, and it's going to be uh, bring uh, bring the success
2: no, I think it is. Uh, and and we're actually doing quite a lot of work on the community side as well uh, with, you know, I think you quite often have a guest call, uh, you know, old Wouter yeah. uh, and, uh, and Sander and yep. and a few others. Are all um, We're all sort of thinking about ways of how we can build up the international community uh, alongside the German community and integrate it better with the German community and and give it communication channels into shopware without. Without sort of without violating its independence, if you like, yeah. from ShopM. So you know, it, it, and, and that's I think that will be an important part sure. of, of of helping to build that that all important community aspect. Yeah, absolutely. Cool,
1: Justin. We've got for you our famous five honest questions. So I don't if you're ready. Okay. Uh, as, as as usually, you you haven't heard those questions, so it's uh, before, so you you don't have a chance to prepare. So the the, the rule is like we ask uh,
2: what's the airspeed velocity of a of a of a laden swallow. Cook that laden swallow, is there? Is it like a no, rigid no,
1: Monty Python? No, it's no, it's it's not it's not the Monty, Mon, uh, Mon, Monty Python. However, maybe we've got you're some questions related close. to this. Yeah. <laughs> you're close. Uh, we ask af- we ask a question, you've got two, three seconds to answer, and then we ask you why you selected this uh, this question. So the question would be uh, the first question would be soccer or cricket? It used to be soccer. It's now cricket. What okay. happened? Why? And so, so why,
2: so why cricket? What happened? Um, uh, I used to play quite a, a bit of soccer, very poorly, I might add, but play a lot of soccer. But when I stopped playing soccer, I, uh, you know, I, I, I moved into cricket, and now the, the game I, um, I, I watch and even play a bit, much more, is cricket. And also, my kid like loves cricket as well. Right. Uh, and there's a test match going on right now, actually. <laughs> and England aren't doing very well. Very big one. <laughs> okay. okay. And
0: uh, Aston Martin or Lotus?
2: Uh, Aston Martin. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, more retro. You know, uh, you know, Sean Connery, James Bond. All right. That's
1: your that that's your style. Okay. And um, looking at some, some lands in uh, in uh, in the UK, Scotland or Ireland
2: uh was Scotland uh I went to university in Scotland uh and I joined a Scottish regiment uh and although the English and the Scottish have, have always had uh, a long standing love hate relationship we love the Scots and the Scots hate us Scotland all the way <laughs> okay faulty towers or mr bean uh faulty towers no contest <laughs> Even that, okay. even the episode of the Germans, which spent a bit of time being banned over here, with, you know, recently. Yeah. Okay. And the the last question, I think, it's the most
1: typical question, I'd probably asked to the UK um, to the UK person. But we have to uh, ask this question:
2: tea or coffee? <sighs> He's hesitating. I should say tea. I should say tea. I, ha- you know, um, I should say tea, but coffee. And the reason uh, uh, it's it's coffee i can't exist without coffee my wife and i and it's because my mother-in-law uh when she came to stay uh she was disgusted by the coffee we had and so she gave us one of those fancy coffee um, machines with the coffee pods yeah and uh and from that day onwards you know that our lives changed and we are now sort of coffee through and through Uh, it's you know and it's got to be with the froth milk none none of this no cold milk in the coffee thank you very much Uh, it's got to be with the hot froth milk nice okay cool yeah
1: okay thank you so I think that's all that's all for today so if you if you like the podcast please uh, share it uh, like it and wait for the next uh, for the next episodes to come thank you that was a pleasure thank you
0: bye-bye thank you Justin bye-bye Welcome to Shopware Unplugged,
2: episode 7.